Hi, I'm Georgia Love, and you're listening to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. I'm Osher Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years' worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge It's my only talent, honey That and losing money Pleasure, excess, hex debts, rest and then just join us while we start On our bachelor Bachelor starting the podcast <laughs> it's very stressful hey guys welcome thanks for joining us and listening on your you're doing a good job or... this. oh thanks so much i needed that little boost just to get me over the line uh it's bachelor of arts podcast it's me xavier betsky noonan and i uh <laughs> i'm really having some trouble uh introducing my very good friend who loves co-hosting podcasts you might remember him from this one. His name's Max Quinn. <laughs> Hello, it's Maxie. Oh boy, this is um this is your bailout. And Xavier, guess what? Mm-hmm. Coming up on today's show, oh boy, are we going to chat some batch? Because I watched both episodes this week. Did you? <laughs> I did. I decided. Yeah, this time it's worth sinking in because I watched that first one and I was like, "Give me more, please." Did you think? What did you think of the? Uh, the intruders let's start here this week we had some intruders i know that we'll get to it during the episode but i want to just touch on everything at a surface level because there was so much drama that unfurled in episode two that Mm. i think that we should just do a little bit of a circle the bases with a general sort of yeah yeah uh i cannot remember the intruders (laughs) (laughs) um i remember one of them was a bit weirder than the other two yeah Um, Brittany too yeah, Brit- another Brittany, um, yep. who her whole shtick is they needed another weird character, I guess. I think so. Yeah, I think I, that was it. Yeah, I didn't get much from either of the other two. One of them is a ex-pro swimmer. Oh, I didn't know that. I would know everything about swimming because my, because of my dad. Of course. Yeah. Well, tell the listeners what you mean by that. Oh, of course. Sorry. Yeah. Um, My dad... Uh, Invented swimming. It's really hard to yeah get into the ins and outs of what specifically my dad did with swimming, but like you could say you it could was say a stroke that... of genius. Let's keep going. Oh really? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not dragging us down that. I'm not drowning us like that that early. <laughs> All right. My dad's a swimming teacher. Oh okay. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Did you make much of these intrudes? I mean, we were only going off these first two episodes, and they weren't as 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 much as they were only in these two episodes. They didn't spotlight them all that much. No, really. there wasn't a ton to go off. I think that yeah, the standout for obvious reasons was Brittany too, um, yeah. because they spotlighted her and they needed another dodo. I think, and they got one in her. Yeah, and, then the and I think two... the reason they spotlighted her yes. is because she's going like she doesn't last the week. Exactly that. Yeah. They wanted so we someone need to, to know be a bit who's of a firework. Leaving. Yes. Mm. All right, so let's talk about... Do you want to do what we used to do and talk about who left as well? 
I mean, I guess. I feel like each one of these is going to raise a 10-minute discussion. Yeah. Because there are some messy ones here. Yeah, it's... I think there's only one that I was really not too surprised by at this stage in the competition. Um, But there were six eliminations in total. Goodness gracious. Um, A bloodbath. Yeah. Um, And yeah, some of the real heavy hitters that we've been discussing like every minute of every episode up until now, um, and now they're longer on the show. It's quite interesting. I want to take a stand and say that I am really glad that this has happened. Finally, uh-huh. we can watch Love Bloom. And isn't that what we came here for, Xavier? That's right. I, I was, I was, when I was going through my notes and rewatching these episodes, I was so surprised by how different the show is yep. like now, and it will be for the next few weeks, as to ha- where it was. Like, we're down to the final eight. I didn't realize that. But and it now is it's interesting. Like, Sorry. Well, now things are getting serious, and we've gotten rid of some of the people who are obviously just there to, like, you know, write gossipy headlines about and that kind of thing. But now it's the part of the show that I think you and I probably enjoy more. The love part. Right. With so the kissing and stuff. This is the interesting thing for me, and I wonder if the producers of this show and the directors construct some sort of narrative arc where... We're now down to a final eight, which means that we're definitely in the backswing, right? We're in the back half of the season. Mm-hmm. So prior to this, we need to establish, one, some villains and some controversy to ring in the people who watch this show for that reason, because they like that. We yeah. also need to ensure the longevity of Bachelor in Paradise, which Osha confirmed on Twitter today, is coming back for another season. Mm. We had that scoop, I think, We already. did. We scooped it. We scooped the pool mm-hmm. there. Um, my dad knows a lot about scooping pools. He's a pool boy. Did you know? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. So we've got the first half of the season where we set up these villains. You're more of a snooker boy. <laughs> Are they the same? I don't really know. Yeah. Does I'm uh, more balls. I think that snooker is different, but the same as billiards. Right. I think that and s- snooker and billiards are the same thing. And then pool is a different thing again. So, snooker definitely is the same thing as Mars Bar, except it has peanuts in it. (laughs) (laughs) And if you win the snooker, you get the bounty. Right. That makes sense. Thought so. Glad. Here to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Sherry Wright. Have you seen the new Chalky with Chippies in it? No. What is it? Oh, I don't need to talk about it. I mean, I'm vegan. I'm not going to have any of it. But the new Chucky that's out there has got chippies in it. Chucky with chippies. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm only saying this to bait Brodie Lancaster, who will hopefully be back on the show sometime soon, who has been talking about the chippy Chucky on Twitter. <laughs> I'm pretty excited to go out and uh, purchase myself a chippy Chucky after we have done the uh, done the program. Yeah, I'm not going to name brand names necessarily. No, but, not uh, until we get that sweet sponsorship dollar. That's right. I'm waiting for that Chippy Chucky change. You could be the chief of Chippy Chucky. Oh, my God. Imagine. Chief Chippy Chucky over here. <laughs> That's what they call me. <laughs> Chippy Chucky? What... Was that Chippy Chucky? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember how we got there. Mm. Let's start with the uh, Bachelor. Let's start with the Bachelor. Oh, yeah, you think? Yeah, well, I reckon. So some people went home this week. Oh, yeah. Bloodbath, we were saying. Bloodbath, which is obviously, you know, you think Bloodbath, you think Chippy Chucky, you think... <laughs> We've gotten very lost oh, already. Oh, boy. All right, let's continue. It's a very unstructured beginning this week. It's My unlike notes- us. My notes are just like, um, 
yeah, these were the names of the intruders. I wrote down the word bees because I figured you'd have something to say about it. Look, we are going to have a real fun time talking about that. <laughs> you called it. I did. You, this is like your biggest psychic prediction to date. Like, yeah, I, energy healer Kayla would be uh, not ashamed. The other one. No, no, so proud, in fact. That's the word. Sorry, I haven't really experienced that. <laughs> Nobody really shows that to me, so I... <laughs> Well, yeah, I did book in um, my uh, Kayla consultancy. She charges in chippy chockies. Right. Yeah, no, it it went really, really well. And as a result of that, I'm now a bachelor savant when it comes to predicting B-dates. Ah, there you go. And not boat dates, a different kind of, yeah. Yeah, A different B-word. Yeah. The word B. Uh, Yes, I'm aware of it. I'm familiar. You remember the buzz? You're referring to the... Buzz bunny. You're referring to the um, energy heal, like the remote energy healing sessions that you can get from Kayla, who was on the show, yep. now isn't, and now has a small successful, you know, business. Yes. Uh, my most wanted gift, birthday gift. Oh, we haven't talked. It's my birthday. Oh, it was. It's not your birthday now. <laughs> you just yeah, take right. credit for two days. You're just going to no. hold the ninth and the tenth, are you? No, I can't take the tenth. It's actually my dad's birthday. Oh, well, my check is going to... Uh, uh, look, Zavi, if I told you that you could have the tenth for a certain amount of money, would you say my check's in the mail? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thank but you. I do have to cut this part because I'm going to get doxxed. <laughs> you are not. No, probably not. All no right. one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who uh, gives a shit on my birthday? No one Which gives was me yesterday. A, no one doxes me on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all I wanted. Anyway, Christmas is just around the corner, guys. So. Yeah, and what Zevi wants, his most wanted gift is a $45 session with Kayla for uh, half an hour of energy healing, spiritualizing, and there's some sort of like shamanistic medicine show and like traveling circus proponent to this as well? I think so. I really want to witness it with my own eyes before I say anything really specific about it. But Mm. the cool thing that I learned is you can do it over Skype, which um, eagle-eared listeners might be aware that that's how you (laughs) and I are recording this podcast. (laughs) So who's to know whether it might end up happening? I mean, she probably has... It's probably illegal to record someone without their knowledge. And yeah, definitely it definitely is. Right? Yes, yeah. So well, she would need to agree to it. But I think uh, yeah. that you should just get the energy healing and have it as a podcast episode. Well, yeah. I mean, ideally... That's, I mean, because be, the thing is, my energy... I'm pretty low energy kind of dude. Sure, yeah. Um, Some I, would throw around the word molasses. Sure. Yeah, I could. I could understand why they might say that, particularly if they saw the band that I was in when I was like seventeen, called Drowned in Molasses, <laughs> which is so named after a horrific incident that killed like dozens and dozens of people. They needed to see my dad, who would have taught them how to swim. Mm, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Because my dad, I don't know if you know about this. Yeah. What about him? Beekeeper. Ah. Buzzy, buzz, 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 buzzy boys. Wait Francis is business. Molasses is not bees, though. <laughs> I don't know. No, molasses is... What's molasses? Oh, it's like mercury. It's like a no. thick um, gelatin that you pull apart with your hands. Is that what molasses for what, is? For what purpose? You've got a clear vision of something, but what is it... 
It's like, um, I think molasses is like thick slime. <laughs> I mean, it is thick. Yeah. But like, what, what's its use apart from being pulled apart by people's hands? What's the use of slime? I think molasses Maxwell. is well. Yeah. Maxwell. Yeah, no, I'm Don't, here for this. Let's talk. What's the use of slime? Slime has a thousand and one uses. Well, you then read about them all in my handy guide. <laughs> you can use it as a goo. Great. That's good. Yep. You can use it as a... Oh, God. I'm... <laughs> yeah. See, this is the thing. It's not slime to pretend. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I can't management these jokes. <laughs> All right, let's continue with our recap of The Bachelor Australia, Season 6, Episode 7. I'm going to let you have that. That was enjoyable. Thank you very much. How do we go? Did uh, I get it all right? Terrific. Yeah, you got it 100% <sighs> right. I learned it all from my dad. I don't know if you, I've told you about him. So what does he do like for a living? <sighs> he... It's really hard to explain. Okay, yeah, well, we can go. We, maybe it'll come up again, or you know, we'll be able to go into more detail later. Well, it's got a lot to do with molasses. Oh, yeah. What does he eat it? No, he pulls it apart with his hands, and then he forges oh. it into like a circular um, noose kind of shape. And he's got this like string that's also like a slime string that he attaches. Um, and he's got this business um, where he goes out and catches criminals, like an old timey cop. Um, and he's got molasses. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like an old-timey cop. You know, you know. What's that What's that man called? A cowboy? A cowman? Cowman. Nay-nays. Yeah. On the nay-nays, you know, but not in the fascist way. <laughs> no. Not in now, the way that you get those whip. hats made out of. <laughs> Do we want to talk about watch the Watch She's gone. You can't watch her. She was voted out in episode oh, two. She providing yeah, she... a perfect segue. On her birthday, nonetheless, which it is your birthday, do you watch all of the loose ends that I have tied up? Like, this is little incredible. ribbons and bows. Thank you. Some would hear the first part of this podcast and think, these two have lost. <laughs> None of this is making any sense. None of it is making the podcast. Some would think that, but... You know what you've just I done is from. expertly tied it all together. Thank you. Into a neat little package. Yes, yeah, so a little molasses call, lasso <laughs> that we call Bachelor of Hearts. <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> uh, buy uh, clothes. You gotta wear them. It's cold out there. Come on, you fucking freak! I don't want to see all that. <laughs> is your energy out of line? Come to Kayla's cl- clinic. For energy realignment, full of sh- chakra healing goodness. Well, th- that's time. Hi, it's me, Max's dad. Um, <laughs> is it Francis? I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, come check out my business. I'm really good at doing it. Uh, <laughs> I'm really good at doing it. <laughs> how I made Max. Uh, you know, I could uh, make some uh, pull, uh, swimming, I think. Yep. Gotta go. All right. That's good. Thank you. Can you believe those ads? That uh, All right. It's really cool that we've got sponsors now on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, <laughs> Alicia begins the episode by reading a group date card. 
and it's for Emily, Britt, Brooke, Kat, Ashley, Alicia, and Cass. Plus, the card reveals that three additional women will be joining them on the date. Quote, and they each have something in common with Nick. Deanna is an elite sportswoman. That's the swimmer. Mm. Um, which, I don't know if you know this, but my friend's dad is actually, um, has, a, has a pool. Um, Jamie Lee, who is always up for an adventure. And Brittany, who is looking for her final love. What lackluster qualities <laughs> to give to the other two. Look, it's yeah. an Olympic swimmer and these two women that we found. Yeah, one of them who likes to say she likes adventures or something. Yeah, just like him, who also says that on yeah, the show. Exactly. And Brittany, who is looking for her final love. <laughs> yeah. Final love feels like it should be part of the Metroid franchise. Yeah, or, yeah, crossover between uh, Final Fantasy and uh, Georgia Love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's meet these intruders. So the the existing women, <laughs> I guess they all, <laughs> exist, they all exist in some. But the, yeah, yes, part uh, of the they they meet up with Asha and an unsuspecting Nick, who is reminded by the original women not to have too much fun meeting the intruders, and then they roll up in this like schmick looking fifties Cadillac for some reason. I don't know why. They approach Nick one by one. So the first one is Deanna, who is the ex pro swimmer. It's about all we learn about her at this point, though. She's fine, right? That's That was she my seems first impression. Fine. She was fine. Yeah. Um, my first impression is, like, all three of them look very similar. Oh, yeah. They're, like, all, like, white brunette women. Mm. Um, and they don't really push that hard to set themselves apart. Or at least the show doesn't show them trying that. The show yeah. makes no attempt to distinguish between them. They're like, yeah. do you know what we need here? More white brunette women. Here's yeah. three. Yeah. Yeah. So up next is Jamie Lee. She says she's a little bit nervous. So Nick takes her hand and does the first like two steps or so of a waltz with her. Hmm. Um, kind of cute. Uh, we learn that she's from Sydney, but grew up in Byron. Blah, 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 blah. Not very Excuse interesting. Excuse me. Oh, you don't think, uh, what do you, what, what does this tell you about her? Well, she's obviously a real free spirit. I bet she's a chill dude. She's, like, she's definitely a chill dude. And then also, like, communist? You reckon? Don't know. It's worth asking. You grew up in Byron Bay. Worth asking the question. I guess so. Some people yeah. up there believe different things. I guess that's true. Well, yeah. you know, uh, uh, two episodes of with her, we, we didn't really notice a lot of that coming out, but... You know, ideologies and stuff, they don't necessarily rise to the fore in every situation. No. Um, I Particularly mean, one like this where I'm sure it would be greeted with a lot of hostility by very traditional thinkers. Yeah, I mean, look, it is, uh, it's at the very least a different kind of character, character archetype to, to cast on the show. And I do applaud the Bachelor producers for bringing in someone who might, hypothetically, who can say be aligned with communism in some way. Mm-hmm. And uh, putting her on the show. Where is this allegation coming from? Is it just a Byron thing? Or have you got some inside scoop knowledge or suspicion based on some observable evidence or anything like that? Let me put it this way, right? Mm-hmm. People from Byron Bay. Yeah. Often known for their alternate ways of living and doing things. What about that? This is you know, this is dripping with double meanings that I'm not getting. 
You're doing a lot of eyebrow stuff right now. <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. Let me just... Okay, let me... Uh, I'll do it without any eyebrow stuff this time. <laughs> if you could, yeah. People from Byron Bay, often known for having alternate lifestyles and ways of being. What does that mean? Wow, I started doing the eyebrows. Yeah, you just... <laughs> you were contemplating. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. Just something for you to ponder on, listener. Um, okay. As we if anyone out there record, is from yeah. Byron Bay and wants to let us know about the weird shit they get up to. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> you've had let's enough not, of that bit, Let's you? not, you know what, let's not, you know, shame anyone for what they believe. <laughs> sure. Or I'm do. Not, I'm not interested in doing that at all. No, definitely not. With that said, if you have gotten up to any weird shit and you are a Byron Bay communist, please get you, in touch. You actually have to let us know. I'm desperate to find a kindred spirit. Yeah. Well, finally, we meet Brittany, who, when Nick asks what she's looking for, says, I'm looking for you, and then unleashes this laugh, which instantly sort of ca- ca- characterizes her, I think. Like, they might not have even made up their mind about what she was going to do. But she's just a subject of mockery from this point onwards. I think in casting, um, they probably heard her laugh and they were like, you will be on the show and yes. we're done. You'll be a nice distraction for roughly two episodes. Yeah. And the producers would have been like, tell us about this woman. And the people who from casting would have been like, you just need to hear this eight second grab. And right. the producers would have been like, yes, very bravo. well done. She Promote is, she this is person. Perfect. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Um, so she, you know, she's very high energy. She chucks out a couple of woos. Um, and she's not on screen for like 20 seconds before we hear Alicia describe her as quote, a bit Jats crackers. Um, Pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. Do you Um, think they're picking up Nickisms as they go through? Isn't that like, that's a thing he said to talk about his testes, right? Yeah. Yeah. His Jats crackers. In the Jats crackers. Yeah. And now, yeah. Now the word's just on everyone's minds, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's obviously too easy for me to start saying she's a crazy lady or anything, but the show decides it's going to start branding her that way straight away. Yep. She does throw out this kind of embarrassing konnichiwa for yeah, no real really, reason. Um, yeah, I don't like that. Not wild about it. No. Um, but anyway, now we've met them all. That's about all we need to know about any of them <laughs> as we it's proceed. It's safe to say that none of them are going to be the winner, right? I don't think so. Like, you could tell... That on Sophie Monk's season of Bachelorette, when Stu came in and he was clearly like, we were meant to be considering him as an option. Absolutely, I, they say. I don't get last. that vibe. Yeah, yeah. And it was like this magical guys. thing walking off a helicopter. Whereas right. here it was like, look at these women who've just gotten off a car. This one's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one adventurous. Mm. Mm. You will get to see why maybe in a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, with that out of the way, it's time for this group date. So everyone gets divided up into a red team and a green team, and Osha reveals that this is the first ever Bachelor Moonhopper Netball Tournament. Oh, thank God. I've been waiting for this. Yeah, I know. Um, And it's, you know, I mean, the basics are it's netball, but you're sitting on those bounty balls with the two little antennae that you hang on to, um, or nipples or whatever you want to... I mean, we're all thinking it. I mean, it's a question that we've been asking every week on this show. Where is the Moonhopper Netball? And finally, yeah. I'm just I'm just glad that they have listened to our relentless phone calls and berating on this podcast, and they mm. have supplied us with what we have been so sorely requesting. That's um, right, and thanks to everybody who signed the petitions yep. and contacted really important their local that you get on members of parliament. Yes, good, thank yeah. you. Yeah, 
um, changing the world on this podcast. Um, it's sort of a gradual thing, but every time we make one of those steps, like you can really feel it. Yeah, we're really making the world a more progressive place for people who enjoy getting around on those weird moon hoppers. Yeah, on the bouncy balls. Yeah, the bouncy so, dad's crackers. That's right, yes. <laughs> um, so Archer explains that they're hopping because Nick used to be a wallaby. Oh. Nick used to be <gasps> a, a wallaby. wallaby. Yes. He was a wallaby. Yep. Pretty good. I think Osher is actually particularly funny on this date, and that's as saying saying that as someone who had <laughs> any opportunity to fawn over him. I think he was really being a pro, doing a good job. Yeah, he's great. Um, also, Nick is the ref, but he's not doing the best job. In Cat's words, quote, one minute we're bouncing around having a pleasant game, neck minute it's bloody ten chicks on the floor tackling each other. Um, it gets a bit rough. I think this sequence is way too long. Um, I agree. It took forever, and Nick did a poor job of keeping it clean, you know, keeping it all above board. If you're the referee in that situation, throw the red mm. flag. 15 yards, roughing the passer. I agree. I you bet. know what I mean? Like, that is absolutely traveling. So many of them did so much stepping. Um, mm. I just, I mean, as someone who is a real stickler for the rules of Moonhopper Beach Volleyball, as you know. Yeah, yeah. You've talked about this a lot. <laughs> All the time on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, I don't know. I understand, yes, he's a professional sportsman. Ah, it's funny. He's playing a sport that he doesn't know. Um, bother to learn the rules of the game that you're playing, mm. mate. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 a, it's, a, it's an attitude problem, I think, because I, I think, think so he too. probably assumes that because he's good at one sport, he will just naturally be able to fit in with anything else. But obviously, it is a complex game with its own sort of deep, rich cultural history. I ab- this is the thing, and for him to be just sort of plopping around with that shit-eating grin and the Footlocker uniform, <laughs> like it's not a good look. It's just not. You know what I mean? Mm. Start respecting uh, the history of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a choice quote from Nick while we're talking about him, which I did not quite grasp. And I wondered if maybe you might be able to help provide a translation for this. Uh, it's great. Yes, least, I can do that. You know, yep. Because part of this podcast, obviously we're both presenting our ideas about things, but it is also a discussion. Yes. And it's good for us to sort of feed off each other. Absolutely. And, and that sort of thing. And I, I know you, you know more about sports than I do. I think that would be fair to say. Sure. Um, and I think you might be more familiar with Nick's sort of style of vernacular than me. Definitely. I am my father's son. And my dad is uh, a swimming teacher. And he also comes from Ballina, which is where oh. I grew up. And Oh boy, do I know a thing or two about the people who come from Ballina and also our rivals in Byron Bay who might be communists. Mmm, I've heard... What, what does that mean? <laughs> well, I know what it means. Um, I read a book when I was in high school. What was it? What book was um, that? Shut up. Look, <laughs> <laughs> um, here's this thing from Nick. He says, It's just, Thank your mother for the rabbits. Chitty chitty bang bang, and there goes your ribs, and that'll wake you up in the morning. Hooroo. Yeah. Now that's not that was not edited together. That's a you get to watch his face make those shapes, and it's all a stream of consciousness coming right out his uh, gullet or whatever. Yep. Can you shine any light? Can you elucidate um, the uh, the point that he's getting to there? Because I think our listeners probably get it, but just like it is a recap analysis sort of podcast. Just to so go over give it. it to me um, sort of like brick by brick. Okay, so it's just. Yep, so it's just is what he means yeah. by that. Yep, yep. Yeah, so like, you know, it's fair. It's like, um, you know, it's a, a quality, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, very progressive. Um, 
Thank you, mother, for the rabbits. Okay, so in this situation, your mum has got you a rabbit for your birthday. Oh, right. So, and, and so you've deserved it. It's just, you've wanted that uh-huh. rabbit for a long time, and oh boy, you've got it, got it for your birthday, and you're very excited about it. And he's saying rabbits as a metaphor for one rabbit. That's correct. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that, I, that must have been the part that I was not grasping. Mm, sorry, um, yeah, it, they say rabbits, but rabbits, plural. It's one of those, like, um, octopus, octopi situation, but in kind it. of reverse. So you say rabbits, you mean rabbit. Yeah, I yep. understand, yeah. Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Just a movie, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, great movie from 1989 starring Tom Hanks. Can't be right. What are you talking about? No, that's correct. Absolutely not. 1989 Tom Hanks? What is that? Big? What is uh, that? No, it's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and um, Tom Hanks goes driving around in his little beep beep, his little automobile, Mini Cooper. I refuse. This cannot be true. Yeah, and then there's a situation where the car breaks down, the tennis ball blows out the exhaust. And this is a Tom Hanks vehicle. Yep. From 1989. Yeah, in fact, it is a vehicle. It's the beep beep that he drives. He goes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, what was the name of Tom Hanks' character? Do you remember that? Chitty. His first name was Chitty? Yeah, Chitty Chitty. His surname was Chitty. Yes. <laughs> Did he have a love interest in the movie? <laughs> no, it was more to do with the car. Oh, I understand. So, well, uh, uh, so he didn't bang somebody named Bang. Um, what was the car? <laughs> what was the car all about? Well, the thing is that the car kept breaking down, and then obviously, as I mentioned, the tennis ball out the exhaust. That was a big deal. And then that's um, a problem because if you're driving around without an, a tennis ball in your exhaust pipe, you can really get in a lot of trouble car-wise. That's exactly right. But that noise when it uh, when it came out the exhaust, that was the first bang. Oh, so there's two bangs in the movie? Yeah, that was the first right. one. The second one was the ambulance hitting um, 90 kilometers an hour down the freeway to come and um, get Tom Hanks because that car, he died in it. Tom Hanks or his character? Chitty Chitty, yeah. Chitty Chitty died in the ambulance that in this American film was going 100 kilometers an hour. American? <laughs> or no. Well, Tom Hanks is in it. Where you? Where's it from? No, it's set in Italy. <laughs> you mean Chitali, Chitali? <laughs> I don't understand this podcast anymore. <laughs> I don't really know what we do anymore. Keep going. What's the next bit of the quote? Sorry. Oh, Just the rabbit. And there goes your ribs. There goes your ribs. Yep. Okay. Cool. So this is you down at the pub, right? Everyone's down at the pub. Kids are there. It's Did a your mother Sunday give night? you a rabbit at the pub? No, this is a separate incident. So I just need you to tie all of these things together. Like it's it's a lot of visual pictures that he's painting into um, the one Da Vinci masterpiece. It's like the Twelve Apostles, right? And, and each scene that he's painting here is a different apostle. Got it. Yeah. Um, now there goes your ribs. Mm-hmm. They. Uh, you've ordered ribs for dinner. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. I wouldn't, but someone might. Someone might, yep. And they've slathered them in barbecue sauce. The chef's got a whole recipe that he does, like a whole rack of ribs, and you've got the little, the rib bib. You got it. The bib for the ribs? Of course, yeah. Yep. Um, and for dessert, if you're lucky, you'll get a chocky chip or chippy, chippy chocky. Um, and then, <laughs> That's right. yep. And then, um, as it turns out, the, um, the little buzzer goes off. And um, that's when your dad turns around and he goes, well, there you go, your ribs. 
Oh, right. Okay. So, and that's the sort of thing that you would throw in in the middle of the sentence when you're discussing the date on Bachelor. Yep. And so the next thing he says is, and that'll wake you up in the morning. Now, you've yeah. described sort of a nighttime scene. So I'm curious to hear how this sort of fits along with that. Mm, well, this, uh, look, it's all to do with the next day. Mm, right. Because along with the rabbit, I don't know if you know this, rural Australia, mm. the the um, rooster and rabbit deal that you can get from most pet stores <laughs> Like most good pet stores, at the very least. Now, it's, I've spent a small amount of time in regional Australia, but I yeah. rarely go into the pet stores there, so you well, are hitting a thing. bit of a blind spot for me. Yeah, well, the rooster and rabbit deal is pretty significant. Right. Um, everyone knows about it. You just go it's into the pet store, they're like... It's like a meat to... raffle. Yeah, like a meat raffle, right? Um, and so you Except get your alive. rabbit. So you, you're like, one rabbits, please. And they're like, cool, here's your, here's your rabbits. And they hand you Got one it. rabbit. Yep. Um, and then they're like, would you like the rooster with that? And you're like, I'm obviously, yes, because how else are you going to wake up in the morning? Sure. And that's what the reference is to because it's you've like been out to dinner. like getting a burger without chips. And then you exactly really have like to get that. that. It's like getting the ribs without getting the whole rack of ribs and the rib bib. Right. Yeah. Uh, Huru. That, I mean, that speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah, he's yeah. asking about the uh, identity <laughs> of a kangaroo. The identity of uh, the lead brew in the movie Uncle Jack. Uncle Jack. Now, not Kangaroo Jack. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is something you got wrong. Was it last week? I don't even remember. I don't know. Oh, look. <laughs> Uncle Jack's going to be so fucking mad at me. He is. He really is. Yeah. So, does that make sense? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tons uh, and tons of sense, actually. Yep, off like a bride's nighty, you know? Um, down I the mean, pub it's just... with two good sheilas and a um, bag of potatoes. Yeah, it's just, uh, thank you, mother, for the rabbits, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, and there goes your ribs, and that'll wake you up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what a man! We could do a whole, we could do an entire episode of our podcast about that one sentence. There's so much to unpack. <laughs> He's just, there's so much in there, you know, in yeah. that man. And I do want to say, um, if anyone is invested in the plight of Chitty Chitty, mm-hmm. there's a really good documentary. From 1989? Well, no, it happens afterwards. Jim Carrey um, plays Tom Hanks. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, Jim Carrey, the famous method actor, really yes. gets into the role of Tom Hanks. He loved Ka- Tom playing Hanks. Andy Kaufman. Yeah, as Chitty Chitty. Um, and then, as it turns out, he's like gotten somehow, weirdly, because of the Thanks for the Rabbits thing, anthro- anthropomorphized. Yes. Uh, and we end at this weird place where um, Jim Carrey is playing Tom Hanks... But thanks to the rabbits, he's got confused, and the documentary. I I'm, I don't know why. Don't spoil it's the caused... ending for me. No, 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 no. It's it's called Babe Pig in the Chitty. Oh no! Ah. Oh no! I've infuriated you. Oh, now you've done it. That's I'm the one really thing we're not allowed to talk you. about on this podcast. <laughs> I'll go into extreme detail and depth about any other topic you want. Christopher Nolan's classic, babe. It was not Christopher Nolan. What the fuck is <laughs> You're just outright lying to the people. It was what's his name? Chris Noonan. 
No, he didn't do Pick in the City. No, Spielberg did Pick in the City. No, he didn't. Oh, who did Pick in the City? I thought it was what's Spielberg. His name? No, it wasn't Spiely. Was uh, it George I don't Lucas? Beef with Spielberg. No, it was uh, George Miller. Who did Oh, Mad Max. George Miller. Yeah. All right, well, that's enough. That's it for another episode of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. You're calling it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but stick around after the end theme and we'll <laughs> have a little little extra bonus content where we talk about any of the TV show. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay, um, well, we wish you all the very best. <laughs> Wait, <And> really? <laughs> to our listeners, where do you have to go? the theme song. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, bye. Welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, a hey. podcast hosted by me, Max Quinn, and my friend Xavier Rebetsky Noonan. Hello. <laughs> Kelly, also, if you're just interested, um, is oh, still true. overseas and not replying to my DMs about how she's going or whether her welfare is okay. So, uh, Yeah, she's not rude. listening to this, so we can say whatever we want, but also, uh, yeah, she said she was going to send us some audio clips. I haven't heard fucking word from her. She yeah. said happy birthday. Oh, that's lovely. She but it was like 4 a.m. Yeah, and it was bloody today, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, her birthday across how many days? Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, um, on this show, (laughs) we we recap the show The Bachelor. We love Kelly. Um, And we're actually about to just give you a dive in with some bonus content regarding the episode that has been on the air this week, Savvy. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is just sort of some expanded sort of like behind the scenes sort of like The Bachelor has kind of been, I guess, like Mm. pulling back that kimono parting it uh, you might say and just showing people the real inner workings and that kind of thing because i think it's so grounded and realistic you know? yeah that's it you know we're really showing people the intestines here are uh, big mm. and small yeah and people like both of them a lot of podcasts will just sort of give you a taste of one but one we'll intestine really, yeah yeah we'll really lay them both out there so speaking of um yep speaking of no, I got nothing. Um, we cut to Jamie Lee, who has uh, sustained an ankle injury. And so Osher Ginsburg calls over the medic, and we hear Nick being incredibly helpful while he blocks the medic from getting to her and goes, Righto, mate. Situation. We've got a pr- potential rolled ankle. I'd appreciate you having a look at this if you don't mind, mate. Now, uh, come, on, come on down here. I'm not a professional medical doctor, but uh, I reckon you'll find the, uh, the base of the injury around the, uh, the ankle zone, which uh, is connected to the uh, shin uh, bone. Um, and... Uh, uh, um, yeah. yeah, look, this, I don't know, I didn't like this particularly from Nick, it felt a bit cocky mm. um, I don't know, I didn't, it was the first time where I couldn't tell if he was putting it on or not Yeah, yep. yeah It was, it, um, like, it felt like my dad, not my dad particularly, my dad's a swimming teacher So he doesn't know about the sports that I played, which was, mm. um, I don't know, like dancing land or something based. Yeah, Land based Yeah, land based, yeah So it felt like the dad at the sport game who knows better than the referee or than the doctor or the coach 
Listen to your mate, and here's what you got to do. And give it a couple minutes rest, jog it off, and then you'll be fine. Then she can jog it right back in. Yeah, jog it in exactly. Um, after being looked over, Nick carries her back to the house in her in his arms. Sorry. Um, and then later on, the group daters return to the mansion, and we overhear Cat and Romy begin to slut shame and body shame the intruders. It's awful. It sucks, and it's a pattern that just continues, so I don't know when the right time to get really upset about it is. I think it's later. Um, I mean, it kind of gets worse. It just it does. Yeah, let's let it get worse before we can make it all better, okay? Mm. Yeah, okay. So Brittany also steals Nick away first. This is the new Brittany, the intruder, and she asks him if he likes to dance, and then she proceeds to drop it as if it were hot. Mm, um, I did see this, yes. In front of everybody. Very awkward behavior. I don't yeah. blame her for trying to raise the energy a little, but um, you can tell when people are and aren't dancing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love people who, though, are like, "I'm gonna inject. Uh, I'm gonna inject some dancing into this situation." Fully, like it does take so much courage to be the first person. Like even at a gig or something where dancing is expected. Yeah. If everyone's kind of just standing around being too cool. It takes a lot to be the first person who's like, no, it's this kind of a night or it's, whatever. Yeah, we're on the dance floor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so which I is approve, really necessary. I, I applaud that, but then also time and a place. You know? Exactly. Read the room. Yeah. Well, then we cut to Nick. He's riding an 1800cc Indian motorbike. I think Kelly ate about 1800ccs on the podcast a few weeks ago. <laughs> Um, narration that she'll never hear. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of glad. Um, narration reveals that he is bringing Tennille on a single date. No card again. No cardigan either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we watch as he rides up to her, and then in voiceover, Nick tells a long story about Tim Tams that doesn't go anywhere, which I didn't write down because it bored me. I thought it was a uh, nice piece of product placement from The Bachelor who got a real authentic Nick moment. Uh, so I looked it up and yeah. Arnott's are not sponsoring this season. So he fuck? was literally, he was just doing that. He's like a Tim, big Tim Tam head. Oh, good on him then. <laughs> I guess so, right? <laughs> I mean, Arnott's would have been stoked. I'm sure everyone on production got sent like a free box or something at the end. Sure, yeah. That kind of thing. But uh, He was just injecting a bit of what he believed in into the show and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here for that and he loves a chalky bick. Yeah, I like it a lot more knowing that it's not just a pretty obvious paid product placement because they do do a lot of those and they're always pretty yuck. Look, as far as paid product placements go, even if it was one, mm. I love the um, gregarious shoehorning of a product into, like, for no apparent reason, now we're talking about Tim Tams. That's very on my yeah. wavelength. Actually, you know what? I, I kind of agree with that. Rather than have them try and sneak it under the surface or whatever. Yeah, it's um, the um, Tim Tam um, bouncy ball netball challenge sponsored yeah. by Wheat Bix. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Bit of a, um, they're both very similarly shaped, but very different. Oh, man. Oh, boy. If you put Tim Tam <laughs> and Wheat Bix together... That could be really, or do a little sandwich or something, or kind of too many layers. Or I think that's too many layers because it would be yeah. too dry. Yeah, the dryness is a big problem. Mm. But it could be an interesting little smoothie. Mmm, just like me, an interesting little smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> so the, this Tim Tam story goes nowhere. Then they get on this bike and we watch them, you know, be on the bike. 
Um, Tennille tells us that she's nervous because she's been single for four years and she doesn't typically kiss on the first date. Yep. Which this will come up later. Um, but she, they don't make a big deal out of it. No, it, they do that thing that they did on the um, Rhiannon date last week where they kind of find that theme and then they come back to it a few times to make to sort of like foreground that this is going to be a big deal later where yeah. Rhiannon's thing was like, I just want to get a kiss in. Oh, I just love to kiss him. And that was the preface yeah. to the whole meltdown. This is the, I don't kiss on the first date. I don't kiss on the first date. Spoiler alert. They kissed on the first date and then all of the fucking all world hell went to shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess it is like a, hey, I'm... My name's Chekhov. What's you, what's going on? You should see this gun I got. And then someone else is like, "All right, but I hope you don't. It doesn't go off. You, you better not shoot anyone." And Chekhov's like, "Nah, it's gonna be cool and fine. Everything's all good. I'm not gonna. It's not a Chekhov's gun sort of situation or whatever." So then, you know, they wait a little while and they go to a high, like a bee zone and they hang out with some bees. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you're right, we should just do the B material. <laughs> I need to do my, my Chekhov's gun bit. Um, I don't know. So they, what, I'm glad that we're able to check off, check, check it off the check list. Off the, yeah, yeah. Great. There it is. Um, so they arrive at an orchard where Nick introduces Tennille to an old mate of his named Doug, who reveals that they are going to do a B date. With B, It was my B day just this very yesterday. It Isn't that was funny? my okay. So firstly, I love this date generally because I thought Tanil was wonderful and a delight, and I'm so sad that she hadn't been featured on the season up until this point. I agree, and I also think like I mean, certainly there's a lot to be made of everything that has happened with uh, Romy and with Cat and Cass also, and to a mm. certain extent, yes, I understand the need to give these people screen screen time, but if you give Tanil a bigger edit when she ultimately walks off the set later. Yeah. It's more impactful, right? Totally. Like, fan favorite to Neil is all of a sudden walking off the set. Why? Because these girls were mean and she can't hack it. Yeah. Uh, you know, um I agree. It would have been it would have been a lot stronger. I mean, it's good that they have this single day because otherwise she would literally just be like nobody like yeah. who walks out. Yeah. Um but yeah, it would have been cool if they had dropped some hints or at least kept her in mind during yeah, the previous episode. Yeah, even some confessionals or some narration or anything like that. Could have been anything. Yeah. Yeah. To Neil so good. I loved her on this date with him. I loved the B date. Finally, a little bit of creativity in what we're seeing, and it really feels like someone has been listening to the podcast. <laughs> it really does. Because what was it? One week ago or two that you suggested your ideal things in a partner were bees' ability to access bees, um, and then the age-old saying, which we won't get into right now. Yes, of course, we don't need to, and we never will again. Willingness to acquire more bees, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. All these important factors. And now here we are. Tenille's On proving she's got the goods. It's yeah. so fucking great. And also, it wasn't, didn't you say Tenille was the one that you were backing or you had in the pool or something? I've got Tenille in my office pool. It really you just should came let together her in... out. She's probably getting <laughs> pruney. <laughs> it's fine. My dad's there. He's taught her to swim. It's actually kind of lovely. Oh, you know, that's nice. Yeah. She should be allowed to leave, though. <laughs> um, Not so... until fucking filming finishes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So anyway, first they get suited up and they get hands on with some honeycomb. Tennille takes a bite out of some honeycomb, even though there's still some wax in there, which like lingers in her mouth and she chews on it for a few minutes and then she eventually decides to spit it out. It's very funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Hate it when that happens on a date. 
I know. I'm you well eat handled something by that's Tenille, not food. <laughs> <laughs> Has happened. I feel like that's an experience that maybe we've both had. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> like a mister, you're drinking a candle sort of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. Um... That's just what modern dating is like. It's just you what know? it is, yeah. It's wild out there with these <laughs> apps these days. <laughs> so Bumble you've been going on Binder. Oh, Bumble. Bumble Max. Oh, great. Did they meet on Bumble? <laughs> there it is. Thank you. I, I think a better podcast than ours would have gotten there sooner. <laughs> Not us, right. though. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Well,. Cut to Nick taking credit for the fairy lights at a bachi couch, uh, as per usual, where they sit and enjoy some mead, which Nick keeps calling honey mead because there's no other kind, is there? No, I don't think so. Uh, and then they have a cute little chat about what a lunar cycle is. Neither of them are really sure. It's nice. And then Nick offers Tanil a rose. And a moment later, they share what Tanil t- calls a sneaky kiss, but. To me, it seems a bit more like a full-blown, pretty steamy make-out sesh. Seems yeah. to go for a little while. And it's pretty good, like, as far as forbidden kisses go. Absolutely. I think, like, as far as um, people who have been able to redeem themselves after getting wax all through their gums and teeth. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Tenille's come full circle very Wasn't quickly. even thinking about the, the non-food items that have been uh, so invasive in that. I manner. know, yes. Yeah. Um, so good on you, Tennille. Um, we cut to the cocktail party where Tennille is asked about her date. And she explains to the women that she did, in fact, share an unbelievably sexy kiss with Nick. That's her words. Um, and that's about all we actually see her saying about it. Yeah. We cut, we cut straight away to the, the three snake musketeers, Romy, Kat, and Alicia, who are not only scandalized that she kissed him on the first date... But in addition, and we didn't see this, but Kat says that Tennille, quote, acted out and demonstrated the kiss in front of all the other girls. Um, And they've been holding up this position in some other, like, interview, like, post-leaving-the-show interview stuff that I've seen them do. Like, apparently Tennille was being incredibly graphic and, like, really, really horrifically gross, which is what caused them to act in this way. Okay. I'm not completely convinced I'm sure things are being left out of the edit on every side because they do shoot for, like... I think every one hour of content on the show is, like, 20 hours of filming or something like that. For sure. And so the interesting thing about this is if you got that content, if you got Tennille doing that on the camera, Mm. why wouldn't you put it in? Right. And that's the thing that that we've come back to a couple of times is, like, that's great TV. That shit happening... That's really good TV that actually serves the narrative. Yeah. I would wager that it didn't happen in the way that has been presented, unless... But, I mean, the show's been so willing to give uh, Alicia and Kat and Romy a platform for all of the mean things that have been going on during the show that... I just, I don't see them uh, setting them up to send them down the river with this thing that they're saying happened, but didn't happen. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. I think that if it happened, it would have been on the show. Yeah. But yeah, because of the editing, it is like, it's their word against Tennille's really. Um, yeah. At the end of the day. But meanwhile, we spot Nick with Jamie Lee, who has survived despite being on crutches and having a moon boot. Um, and Nick spotlights her calming energy and she says she feels instantly at ease with him. And it's kind of nice. I do want to say, um, Brooke is the person who crash tackled her and broke her foot. That's true. 
if this was deliberate. one of the other women who did this, mm. oh boy, would we have focused on that. But because oh, Brooke true. is one of our heroes, she's one of our hero archetypes, yeah. we are focusing pretty squarely on everything else that's going on. And Oh, did Brooke do that? Oh, who knew? It's not even a consideration that nope. it might have been out of spite or there might have been any competitiveness to it or anything. And I want to draw attention to also a tweet from the Bachelor account that happened last week where it's a Ooh. gif of Brooke being like, oops, I'm so sorry. And it being like, how could you not forgive her? Like so tonally huh. in wow. keeping with the narrative. They're painting her in gold. I mean, are, you know, absolutely. Like, yeah, she's she's the golden girl. We and it must be, that. it really makes me think about the... Um, social media team as part of this like fully functioning cogs all turning within the one machine mm. um, in terms of how they're constructing their narratives and There's, I don't know like reinforcing and re-communicating the story through every part of the machine yeah yeah and really really selectively um, mm. and I don't know like I'm, I'm used to being a social media person who operates with some level of editorial independence like you're serving the purpose of the show but you're also ultimately saying the thing or serving the purpose of what you look after but you're saying it in the words that make sense to you mm. but I hadn't considered that these might be uh, storyboarded yeah I mean, you could be yeah. right. They, they're obviously, like, this show is shot so far in advance that they can kind of do whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, Osher and the people who work on the show and that kind of thing, they've had access to the video for probably months at this point. Yeah, for like, sure, they've, right? They've yeah. been able to orchestrate and put together these, um, these posts and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that there's a lot of, like, underlining the important story beats and making sure that they're really clear and that kind of thing. And directing traffic in terms of you should think about this person this way. And as much as Twitter is a platform for independent thought, you mm. can watch them signpost and steer if you are paying close enough attention. And I don't yeah. know if I realized how much I had been shepherded by the social team of, of The Bachelor up until this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's their job. They don't want you to think yeah. about it, man. They're good. We're They're fucking... real good, man. <laughs> They're fucking from Byron Bay, man. Yeah. Um, oh, can you tell we're avoiding talking about something? Because yeah. this is when this really horrible thing with Romy and Tennille really comes to a head. Um, Romy begins by asking Tennille whether or not she said that it was gross kissing Nick. And Tennille is visibly upset and she denies it, saying she wouldn't say that despite her initial decision to avoid getting physical too early. Yep. But we then watch as Romy continues to prod her and seems to repeatedly gaslight her. Tennille decides to leave the conversation, seeking some comfort with Shannon, but then Romy pursues her. She chastises her for speaking aggressively, um, at which point Tennille's had enough. So then she heads to the back of the mansion. She asks a crew member to unmike her, who interestingly says, I can't, I'm sorry, and instructs her to do it herself since yep. he's not allowed to. Yep. This is all very wild. It's all very like unreal baiting sort of like uh behind the scenesy sort of I don't know. They, yeah, the I guess I've never considered how trained uh the producers and sound guys would be to never unmic someone. Mm. And I guess the rule is that once you're rolling you're rolling and you can't be the person who interrupts that. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um so then we watch her Remove and unplug her microphone, and then immediately a producer is following her with another live mic. Yeah. 
so then Shannon reappears and she tries to sort of intervene. She's like standing between the producer and Tennille um, while Tennille continues trying to leave the set. But then the producer overtakes her um, saying, I just want to make sure she's okay. And then telling Tennille to quote, talk to me, just tell me what's going on. And like, this is all with a live mic. Yeah. With and the camera is pointing at yeah. her that she's asking her not to point at her. And that and kind the point of thing. where she runs behind the trees to avoid the cameras for the fucking 700th time. It's really, I don't know. Mm. Uh, I understand that you sign a non-disclosure agreement. And I also understand that this is fantastic drama for the TV show. At mm. which point, it, my question to you, I guess, is at which point is it a breach of your rights to mm. be filmed when you have explicitly and repeatedly asked not to be filmed? Yeah, it really seems like... Uh... A real like these contracts that the people on the show sign are obviously pretty broad and open to sort of interpretation and sure. that kind of thing, and they can kind of get away with whatever they need to. Um, but this really felt exploitative and mean and uncomfortable and hard to watch. And the justification of I just need to make sure that she's all right. No, you don't. You need content for the show because this is an incredible right. moment. Yeah. Um. So, but the, yeah, you're exploiting this person's well-being in order to to get it it yeah as you say it's the um unreal becoming real yeah 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 and so the tactic works and they manage to capture some audio and distant video of Tanil in this really low moment and it's it's not fun it's not easy to watch she's upset she's distressed um and the producer is making this really transparent effort to like coax more emotion out of her but yeah. whilst pretending to be compassionate which i think is pretty messed up I don't know, it just, it, you just look at her and I, it's apparent to you and I, and it's probably apparent to the country that this, uh, that Tennille is probably pretty drunk mm. and being pretty manipulated here. Yeah. And you wonder, first of all, how uh, dumb do you think that they think Tennille is, mm. you know, for lack mm. of a better word, because she is absolutely uh, patronizing her and milking her for all the content that she can get. And Tennille's not having a bar of it. She knows what's going on. I understand yeah. that as a producer, you just have to do your job in that sense. Yeah. But uh, morally, where do you draw the line as a person? Because uh, right. I understand that there are things that are great content, but at, to what length are you willing to go to to get them? And mm. how do you feel about yourself knowing that you have maybe exploited someone against their wishes? I understand that they've signed a piece of paper that says, whatever, you can film me and you can run after me with a flash mic. Yeah. But... Uh, at a certain point on like Maslow's hierarchy of fucking needs mm. does the need to have privacy and to feel safe I guess mm. in that sense and to shelter yourself from attack and embarrassment and you're seeing a real flight fight response happening there yeah. at what point does that outweigh the need to make something good on the TV when probably you've already got enough yeah I don't want to be too cynical, but I do kind of in the back of my mind, and maybe it's just watching Unreal, but I'm like, someone probably got promoted for this. Like, yeah, this is probably exactly what they fucking want. Yeah. Um, and these types of like perfect storm, horrible situations don't come up as often as they would probably like them to. Yep. Um, but they make the and most it's of it. probably also like guaranteed Romy's contract back for Paradise, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Um, so we hear the producer shouting to Tennille that it's dangerous and she can't go any further. Like she's getting off the property or whatever. But like what? Is there an electric fence? 
I was looking at where the new mansion is. It's in the <sighs> yes. semi-rural New South Wales town of Glenory. Yep. I, I don't think it's dangerous. I think there's no nah. one there. I think there might be some nanes around. <laughs> right. There might be some paparazzi, I guess, at the very worst. Well, after an ad break, there's some really badly chopped together audio of Tennille while we watch her and the producer in silhouette from a distance. Like, there's no, they got no video. Um, but the clips go like this. I refuse to sit in a situation where people are going to pick on me. Picking and picking and picking and picking at me. Why are you yelling at me? And everyone's just losing their biscuits in this house. I just can't handle it. Like, it's all these discrete chunks being pasted together. If you are listening to this show and you've heard us use the phrase Frankenbite before, this is precisely what we are talking about. Yeah. Um, it's probably everything even slightly alarming or alarmed that she's ever said on her time in the show, and they've just, like, smash-cut them all together. Yeah, um, and no doubt that some of those things came from that night, but mm, mm. who can say if they all did? Yeah. Um, then we hear the producer try to calm Tennille down by telling her that Nick gave her a rose because he wanted to get to know her. And then they pipe in this like schmaltzy music that seems to be implying that the producers of the show are actually doing really good, honest, inspiring work. And like, you know, they're bringing them back together and like couples have spats sometimes, but with the help Ooh. of like a producer of The Bachelor, you two can find the truth. Like it's really, it's pretty yucky, right? It's really, it's really gross, and they it's, really it's talk such her back into the show. And apparent ma- manipulation, yeah, they do, and it's, uh, I, I hate it. Yeah, and it works because Tennille's back for the rose ceremony. Yeah, um, we cut straight to there. There's just no um, wound licking or anything no? else that happens in the interim, is there? Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, this is an uncomfortable night of television. I was feeling weird. Me too. Um. Still kind of feeling weird. Especially um, after such a great single date for Tennille. Yeah, totally. It seemed like everything was going so well. It's so hor- yeah. horrible. But then Osha reveals that of the 15 women remaining, two will be going home. So the roses go out in this order. Jamie Lee, Sophie Alicia, Kat Brooke, Romy Cass, Shannon, Brittany, Emily, Dasha, Diana, and Brittany. And Lapras. Pokemon. Are you surprised that Romy gets a rose there? Uh, a little. I thought, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, what about you? I think that um, it is that weird thing where Nick hasn't been made aware necessarily of all the drama yet. Like, he's obviously off having a nice night with the other girls. Yeah. So maybe he's sort of like abreast of it through some producers, but yeah. it's not until afterwards that he needs to sit someone down on his knee and say, who's being mean to you? Right, exactly, which is a whole other thing that we will get to, but it means that we say goodbye to property consultant Ashley, who I don't remember really meeting or having much connection with. She had no edit. But then Rhiannon, and I I should say, Ashley and Rhiannon, neither of them get exit interviews or anything. It's another, like, we just cut straight to the end. But that means that Rhiannon's last meaningful piece of screen time was that really disgusting and awkward behind the behind the scenes stuff that happened last week. Oh, so and there's no redeeming for Rhiannon. Uh, uh-uh. uh, she had a single date that was very promising, and Nick was like, I, "I'm looking forward to getting to know you more," and that kind of thing. Um, and hopefully the connection will grow. But then the kiss thing happened, and then she was 
treated horribly by a member of staff, and now she's just dismissed without she's any... She's been yucked. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I thought... I don't know. Like, I kind of... I guess I can understand it from Nick's perspective that she's tried to do this kissing thing, and then yeah. she sort of, like, freaked out on the camera, and perhaps he finds that unbecoming. And, totally. You know, and maybe I, I you do can think wait he's, to cut her. He's spending little enough time with these people that if one awkward thing happens, I can understand that being the reason for him to send them home or whatever. And we talk about this been... show being a magnifying glass, um, and so one small thing does feel like one big thing. Right. But it just would have been good if that was sort of acknowledged or tied off in some way. You know, like, there's no conclusion There's not even a her. Poochie died on the way back to his home planet. <laughs> right. It is. Yeah. Even that Even that level of uh, uh, explanation would have been helpful. Yeah. But yeah, that's the end of that episode. We just... You know, we just got to deal with it. And we jump into the next episode, right, Max? Let's do it. All right. Well, we are now recapping The Bachelor Australia, season six, episode eight. And we see Nick dive into the pool at Epping Aquatic Center. Great place. Do you know anything about pools? Um, I mean, my friend Jake's dad, uh, was the like manager at Norellan pools in Ballina, which was like a, um, an outdoor swimming pool sale store. They sold lots of things to make sure that you could keep your salinity and pH intact. Oh, that's cool. Um, but outside of that, no, and I don't really know anyone who's into swimming. No. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll learn a few things about it on this date. Yeah. I'm over, head up, bum down, you know, the whole bit. I imagine that's true. And, yep. uh, bubble, bubble, breathe, baby. <laughs> bubble butt. Um, so he's, <laughs> Nick is soon joined by a mix of some, we don't, there's no group date card. And also we never start with a group date. This is a fucking wild episode. Yeah, it's a really reversed uh, odd thing, isn't it? I don't know what they're doing in the structure. None of it makes any sense to me. I mean, it's clear that they're trying to leave time for these very long cocktail parties that have happened the last couple of times where yeah. like, or any time where they need to like break format because it'll be more engaging and behind the scenes looking or whatever. But it means that we've got all these weird... It's like that season, uh, that American season of Bachelor. I can't remember whose it was. It was in the past year or two where they had a to be continued at the end of every episode instead of Oh, yeah, yeah. Ceremony. That was JoJo's season. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a weird... And maybe also um, the first African-American well. Bachelor. I've forgotten her name. Rachel? Rachel. Were there any yeah. in Rachel's season? I can't remember now. It's been too long. I think that might have been actually the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Anyway, mm. structure. Very interesting. And it's good that they change it up, I think, because it does keep things a bit more fresh. Um, although <laughs> I do think this show, even as long as we've been watching it, it does kind of just wash over you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. At this point, you just like you just kind of have to accept what's happening. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Th- speaking of washing over you, pool, right? <laughs> So, yeah, we've got Cass, Kat, Britt, Dasha, oh, sorry, Dasha, Emily, Tennille, Deanna, and Brittany. Um, so, Nick gets out of the pool, and he jiggles his pecs for the women, and he's dripping wet, and he's like, hey, babes, <laughs> he's doing a lot of that sort of it's really odd. It's quite slimy, and, like, I'm half expecting the, like, worm over his lip to... Um, like get its own personality and start talking for itself like it's going to grow a mind of its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the peck jiggling is really like one step further than I thought this show was comfortable going. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if there was a pecking order, this would be low on it. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, Osher explains that it'll be a swimming carnival date 
you know, a swimming carnival date um, where the women will compete for alone time with Nick, as usual. So the eight women are divided into four houses and they get into their togs. And Osha explains that their first game, Swimming Pool Bingo, it's another fun combination of two sports, swimming and bingo. (laughs) (laughs) Bingo is my kind of sport. I'm right here for that. Me too. We've talked about me hosting bingo at uni, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best year of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they have to collect numbered beach balls from the pool. There's 50 of them in there, apparently. And uh, yeah, uh, it's bingo. You know, you get it. Swimming. Yeah, um, it feels weirdly porny, this uh, this whole bit, right, doesn't it? Right, yeah. So this is, yeah, this this is another sequence that goes on a bit too long. And everyone's very, very scantily clad, which is, you know, everyone's wearing very matching, like, costume swim- swimming outfits that have been provided to them. And there's just a lot of very leery sort of shots like from, like shots from underwater where it's like looking up at their butts and stuff. It's like butts like, and legs. There's a like, lot of this. It's it's that Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, yeah. Scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's to- this is somebody's kink, and I was kind of thinking that about the um, volleyball. I mean, not volleyball, the bouncy ball, netball thing. Sure. Just because there's a lot of shorts going around there and that kind of thing, and I yeah, know, it's just... like, what's your weird sports kink, and how can we vaguely dress these hot women up, but yeah. not to the point where it is uh, broadly cause exploitative. A lot of red flags. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and ironically, if Nick had just thrown a fucking red flag, we wouldn't be in this whole mess with bloody double barrel. <laughs> That's who's true. hurt the whole time. Brittany yeah. Amber, what's her yeah. name? Uh, something like that. There's a hyphen in there. You, Jamie Lee. That's it. Yeah, there you go. Um, in recap, Brittany, the new Brittany, the weird one. Brittany two. I hate calling her the weird one. Brittany two is much better. Um, she accidentally refers to the stroke, uh, known as doggy style. <laughs> It's <laughs> not how you swim. Um yeah, and and this is where I'm noticing a lot of these shots of everyone like adjusting their swimwear and that kind of thing. And then I started so I'm I'm sort of zoning out watching this just being like, "Oh god, this is a little inappropriate." I started wondering how long they were shooting this for. Yeah. Like because it's like they're in the pool and uh, I know, I, like, when when we watch a rose ceremony, they're actually standing on the rafters for ages, and it just gets cut down to, like, 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. I have a feeling the same thing's happening here, because even the final edit, like, even the duration that it plays out on TV... It does not look fun. You would be getting wrinkly, you would be, be getting, getting cold. So cold. Um, but anyway, Emily sort of comes out of nowhere and destroys the competition in this round. She's somehow incredibly good at it. Great I at think- bingo. Maybe it's a height advantage because she's one of the taller ones. Oh, she's a tallie. And maybe that just gives you the extra leg power yeah, in the water. Yeah, she's quite long. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. Well, I'll ask um, next time I see my friend Jake. It's been like mm-hmm. 10 years. But I'll ask how his dad's going and if he's still alive <laughs> and if he still knows anything about Norell and Pools. And then that would be after fantastic. that, we'll finally get to that subject. And it's just a shame I don't know anyone close to the subject. Yeah, but if you could reach out to Jake and just ask, like, would a height advantage help in a pool bingo scenario? Would it be a hindrance? Like, are you yep. getting in the way of other people? That kind of thing. Are you a bigger target? Okay. Yeah. Anything like that you can find out would be great. So the final round, which is between Emily and Tennille, will require them to climb in these big inflatable Zorb balls that we've seen a few times before mm-hmm. on the show. And they have to race along the surface of the water, which I think is a fun idea. And this is great. It yeah. combines my favorite things about Wipeout and The Bachelor, right. which is 
um, the two people who I had picked in the preseason to be um, like finalists mm-hmm. and uh, them doing well, and then also everything about wipeout with these big weird zorb balls. Right. Yes. Exactly. Um, but it is pretty clear that Emily has got it in the bag, though, because Tennille sort of feebly pushes herself backwards gradually by falling over too many times. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the sentiment there. Um, but we cut back to Nick and Emily that night at a batchy couch setup at the end of the pool, because Emily <laughs> did not fall over and push herself backwards. <laughs> Emily explains that she feels there's a lot more to Nick than just his larrikin persona. Which is good. I should not mention, this is the first time I've, like, seen her at all, I think, right? This is the first time Emily has had any talking time on the show. Yeah. And I love that we are more than halfway through filming, and this is her first, like, first alone time with him, first interaction. Mm. And, of course, when you've been alone for that long, you have definitely concocted some kind of narrative. Like, Mm. he's not just this um, string of aphorisms thrown together, how's your rabbits, mum, your ribs are gone. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, uh, he's deep he's like a pool. Like, no, he's deep. He is just like a. <laughs> Good. Okay. <laughs> Full of molasses or whatever. Um, she also says that she definitely doesn't need a partner. Quote I'm, I'm happy with myself and I don't need to depend on someone. But by God, I would just love to share so many moments and have someone by my side. Fuck it's yeah. It's real nice. I think she's How good. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. Nick promises that he will make time to take her on a single date and explore what is below the surface of the iceberg, and he presents her with a rose. Very nice. I'm glad that this happened. I'm here for Emily. I'm here for Tennille. And it's not just because I have a bunch invested in them in my work pool. Yeah. (laughs) Truly, I looked at them and I read their bios at the start of the season, and I was like, these people seem genuine. Hmm. Well, another genuine person is Brooke. Um... I think you would agree. We like her. Certainly. We, we learn that she has been invited on another single date. It is her third one, and some women, such as Kat, are still waiting for their first, which uh, this is actually pretty rare. I, I don't think we normally see this. Sometimes you'll see someone getting a second before someone else has had one, but rarely a third. Three to one is... Um, we talked even 15 minutes ago about the magnification and how that small amount of time seems so much bigger. Mm. Like at this point, she's got like a two week advantage on the other women. And that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but with that said, resenting Brooke for it won't do anyone any favors. And it seems like that's nope. what Kat wants to do. She's like, how dare Brooke be asked on this date in a situation <laughs> she has no control over. Yeah. Um, right. But anyway, Nick drives to the mansion uh, in a pretty cool blue Mustang. Not on a Mustang, unfortunately, although if you're a horse lover, you should download our 29th episode for more equine content. (laughs) We have not been given an opportunity to talk about them in that level of depth for a while. uh, Oh, I miss them. Oh, Oh, I miss that episode so much. There's got to be a horse episode coming up, right? Yeah, definitely. I hope so. Well, in narration, Nick calls Brooke my little rhinoceros beetle, which is so cute. Where did he get that from? That's great. I really like that. Nick says, every time I get to spend time with her, I have a tippy-top good time. So I'm going to burn down to the mansion, (laughs) pick her up, and let the good times roll. Sometimes I just like writing down the things Nick says so people know that (laughs) I'm not making it up. This is all the time with him. This is a 24-7 vocation for our friend Nick Cummins. 
Rhinoceros beetles are well known for their unique shape and large sizes. Mm, just like um, Brooke. Just like Brooke, yeah. Unique shape, large size um, of her heart. Um, sometimes they can lift up to 850 times their own weight. Um, and their horns are used for fighting um, during mating season. And we did just watch Brooke injure that poor woman with the double oh, barrel true. name who's an intruder. Can I just say, you've described yeah. her so well that I think I could yeah. probably do a pretty good portrait of her right now. Oh, you could do a rhinoceros beetle. Yeah, no, I, of Brooke. Like this. Oh, okay. I with the details that you've just given me, I'm sure I could whip together a pretty good little. Uh, I mean, not admittedly crude, but uh, an illustration of it. Thick exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. You got any? Um, how would you communicate the hissing squeaks that rhinoceros beetles are known for? I can. I, I mean, I know music notation. If it's a high pitched noise, I can just put them up a few octaves. <laughs> a couple and is there any way? Um, is there any way that you could communicate that the hissing squeaks are created by rubbing their abdomens against the end of their wing covers? Mm, I suppose I could uh, provide like an instruction manual <laughs> or something. Okay, very good. She sounds hot. <laughs> this is like right up my alley. <laughs> All right, well, eventually they're driving this Mustang, not on a Mustang, sorry. Um, it takes them to a Balinese mansion, which I don't know. I didn't show the flight. Uh, it's a long drive to Bali and your hair gets wet. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, bad joke. Um, yeah, the other thing is this is a Balinese mansion. I guess Kat, who we already saw complaining about not being invited on this date, she would be fucking stinging if she found oh. out that she's not going on the Balinese-themed date, right? Do you think that it maybe was reserved for her? I um, And then they were like, look, Nick, you're going to have to cut all these women. Mm. Um, you can't take Cat on a date, so and he's like Brooke. Well, she's the one anyway, so yeah. let's do it. Yeah, I mean, possibly. Mm. Um, that would kind of explain it. Um, well, Nick and Brooke sit opposite one another, and then we the camera pans out, and we see a man at an easel who is facing away from them both. Nick says his name is Guy. Sounds fake, but okay. Um, yeah. And and he's there to sketch portraits of the two of them based on their verbal descriptions of one another. Oh, I get what you've done. Right. You follow me? Sorry. It no, it's me, okay. It's only taken me 15 minutes, but we're here. Hello. It's yes. nice to be here. Hi. Pleasure to meet you. <laughs> um, so Nick sort of struggles to describe Brooke. Uh, we focus on one element that sort of comes up a couple of times. He says gentle features and, and rounded features. Not saying she's fat. I'm saying dot, dot, dot. And well, the music is like, boom, boom. Um, and then he, but then he, I think he recovers when he goes. So chins. Uh, let's just clear that up. There's just one. Um, I thought oh. that he kind of stuck the landing there. Yeah, it was good. Um, but then he describes her eyes as womanly, mysterious, like panther in the jungle. <laughs> That's a word All for right. it. I just don't understand this man a lot of the time. Yeah, there's a great deal to unpack. Um, I mean, we can. Womanly, mysterious, a panther in the jungle. I'm reminded of my dad during times like this. Oh, okay. I, I can see why. Yeah, womanly, mysterious, a real panther in the jungle, you know? <laughs> I guess I don't know him as well as you do, so I'll take you yeah. away for it. <laughs> um, well, Brooke describes Nick's gorgeous ringlet hair that, quote, doesn't take over his great face. <laughs> um... 
I think this is good. I do. Th- yeah, I, like, it's really I, nice. It's like they they have to put in a lot of focus here, and they have to really pay attention to one each other. And there's also quite a bit of like physical closeness and stuff, which is quite good. Yeah, it seems like a pretty legit good opportunity for their connection to grow. You know. Yeah. Um. Now, do you want to do this exercise for each other? Oh, that'd be great. Um, yeah. We are looking at each other on video right now, which feels like cheating. Yeah, it is, but that's okay. okay. I'm happy to. Okay. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Um, I'll start. Okay. All right. So Max Quinn, uh, he's got, he's got two brows, and they're way up, and they're dancing all around. <laughs> what, does that, yeah. what uh, does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? He's got a cheeky little smile. Um, mm-hmm. uh, seven thousand perfect pointed teeth. Yeah, um, lots of them in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of rows, like a shark. Hmm. Um, he's got uh, two, th- uh, uh, two eyes, mm. and that's it. Got him. Got him. You've perfectly profiled. Oh, him. he's got Thank hair, you. and it's, he's got some hair. No, I got a bit of hair. Yeah, yeah. Advanced, advanced hair. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Xavier Rubetsky Noonan. That's me. Hello. Hello. Hi. Somewhere deep in the forest, there exists a cocoon laden in a bed of leaves. On that bed lies a baby ant. <laughs> I love being the and bug. If you think about that little tiny baby ant for a little bit, maybe you're just scratching its belly and it does a little hee hee. Little hee Anyway, then um, you put some glasses on it, and that's Xavi. <laughs> that's me! <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's so cute. <laughs> Somebody draw that. Draw me as an ant. Yeah. All right. Little sweet ant boy. Tickle his ant little ant. Oh, my thorax! <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought you were strictly bees only, but you're a fan of the whole insect kingdom. Oh, yeah. As long as there's an animated movie with the insect's name in the title. <laughs> <laughs> a Bug's Life. Mm-hmm. Ants. Mm-hmm. I mean, who can forget Charlotte's Web? Right. Yeah. Shark Tail. Shark Tail. Very good. <laughs> Babe Big in the Schnitty. No! <laughs> he dies in that one. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's a pork schnitzel, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah he's crumbed and stuff. Yikes, yeah. That's grim. Yeah. Well, well, he deserved it after what bloody Christopher Nolan did. <laughs> he's a very edgy filmmaker. <laughs> Can you imagine if all films got the memento treatment? I don't know what the memento treatment is. Well, the, uh, so have you seen Memento, but with the, with the one Christopher Nolan film that I've seen? I've seen it, but I can't remember it. It's kind of like it all goes backwards. Like it's done in backwards order. Oh, my thorax. <laughs> Sorry. No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's in backwards order? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he like it's sort of, like, out of sequence and backwards, and he has to work out what's happened to his wife mm. by retracing his steps, but then it's also aired in backwards order. Ah. Yeah. So, I was just making a comment bad. of what happened if all the films were in backwards order, like, babe... It, what, what if babe was in backwards order? Babe, city pig goes... Sea change or goes country, right. goes bush. 
Boy. Babe goes bush. <laughs> babe goes bush. Yeah. We're the babes in the bush and we're back <laughs> in town. Yeah, I always thought Babe was pretty left wing, but then the 2000 elections rolled around <laughs> and Babe went bush. <laughs> so we cut back to Kat, who is commiserating with Romy and Alicia. And they say a series of mean and shitty things about Tennille that I won't repeat. Before an off-camera producer asks, quote, is there anything else you guys want to add? Is there anything you haven't said? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Good Lord. Is there anything they haven't said? Is there anything? What about I'm sorry? Mm. Um, so we watch as the cameras are being packed up. There's more behind-the-scenes nonsense. We hear subtitled audio of Kat deciding to give Nick an ultimatum including coming up with the idea of crying. She, she's like, do you reckon I should cry? And then Romy is like, yeah, I think you should. It adds to it. It's like, jeez. It's so funny. It really is like it's Shakespearean like, witches, like the most pure evil, like, not, yeah. not to bring people down in a very stereotypical way or whatever, but. Uh, I think I think they've been told to play this role. Um, and I yeah, think... there is something a bit Arthur Miller about it, isn't there? Uh, I guess so. Which one's that again? The Crucible. Ah, you remember McCarthyism, the witch hunts. Yeah, I haven't read yeah. any books, but I've heard of that. I started reading Osher's book. It's good. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's it about? Uh, it's about this cool guy who um, <laughs> is on TV, and he's very good looking. Like a little ant wrapped in a bed of leaves in the deep Mediterranean forest. It's kind of like the type of guy that that ant would watch on TV a lot and think was oh, okay. Yeah, yeah um, I gotcha, I gotcha. So we cut back to Brooke and Nick on a batchy couch, uh, ready to check out the results. You know, see the drawings, see what's come of it. Mm. Um, and, and as they're revealed, we learn that these portraits are... Very generic, very inoffensive, <laughs> just regular <laughs> symmetrical faces. They don't look very much like them. They don't look too different. They just look like no one would look at them and be like, bleh, you know? Exactly. They just look normal because they've hired someone who is good at art. Yes, a competent faceman. <laughs> Hire me. Hire me for this. I'm <laughs> oh, so terrible at art. Yeah, yeah I'm also very, very bad like, at art. Yeah. Wouldn't that be... your drawing boy in and he'll do it. You know what? Maybe we should actually do this, and we'll put the results on our Instagram. Okay, um, I like that. We'll try and draw each other, I guess, just from memory, because we have yep. seen each other a lot. Plenty, yeah. Um, that should be easy, fun, and <laughs> not embarrassing. <laughs> so Nick fawns over Brooke in voiceover, saying, quote, she's so real. And I'm thinking, you know, she'd be a great wife. I was like, wow. Um, yep. Nick mentions she seems very mature for her age. And Brooke says she's been through a lot. She's seen, uh, she's lost a lot of loved ones and that has changed her perspective and taught her to focus on the future and, you know, taught about her own independence and that kind of thing. And he also sort of like, he keeps saying, there's just something here. There's just something. And it's like, it's love, dude. That's what you're feeling. Yeah. You're feeling someone who actually, you might really actually connect with. Yeah. Well, she seems excellent. Exactly. Well, Nick says the feeling of that connection is different to many others. It doesn't have a word. It feels like it's just right. 
Maybe I knew her in another life. I don't know, but I'm really enjoying it. It's like, say Pretty it, nice. you dummy. Just but yes. say it, you dumb shit. Yeah. The, I mean, this is the point in a lot of like, will they, won't they sort of things or, or that kind of thing in, in media where you're just like, yeah. fucking just mush their heads together. Like, let's do it, guys. Um, yeah. But anyway, he does, uh, he gives her a rose and they share a big old kiss. And it's pretty good, I think. And then we progress to the cocktail party. So, this cocktail party kind of takes forever and it takes a million different twists and turns. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, it is I, exhausting. I, yeah, that's it. I think it's just it's just exhausting and it's one of those things that makes this podcast a labor of love and also probably why we've spent so much time just skirting around things on this episode and talking yes. so much shit because it is just, it's, it's icky. Yeah, there's some yucky yeah. stuff that happens here and like yeah. we come out of it better off. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It takes a bit of work getting there. There are a couple of funny highlights here, though. You can tell they're leaning on Britney as like a comic relief thing because they know it's about to get really heavy. It's like when, like, you're at, uh, I don't know. It's I, I actually draw a comparison to the episode of The Simpsons where the Van Houtens are about to get a divorce mm. and Marge calls Lisa in to do some singing in the living room. Hmm. And she's like, you're our grand old lad. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Um, because it's just such an obvious and weird distraction from the black storm cloud that is yes. hanging over the entire situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, I guess, is the, uh, the the toga theme. The, the We've got this like Greek oh, yeah. toga, toga theme cocktail this really party this too, time. Yeah. Um, Nick sort of explains his thinking behind it. He, I don't know. Um, oh, no, that comes up later. Sorry. Um we get we get this montage of Britney, the new one, the intruder, the Britney two. Um, very out of context, but she's being a bit of a weirdo. She's trying to dance again, and she's trying to get the energy up again, and she's just being met with crickets, and nobody wants to give her the time of day. There's a, there, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of embarrassing, I guess. Like she does a bit of beatboxing and stuff. It's like these are probably things that you maybe would get out of the way on night one. Yeah, but also it really just feels mean because it's like. If she's not being accepted by the other women in the house, there's no need to rub it in. Like, we don't need to make her seem like more of an outcast and edit her into, you know, these sort of situations. And if it's not real, it's a really mean way to characterize somebody who doesn't... Exactly. Like, she doesn't yeah. mean any harm to anyone. She's just, like... It's not her fault she's late to get on the show or any of this stuff. It's... Like, and how fucked is it that we get our relief, our comic relief from the Armageddon that is about to ensue? Mm. Um from laughing at this woman instead of actually cutting away to someone who's being very funny and commenting on the situation with mm. an element of realness and truth, mm. or even using Nick, who, to a certain extent, is that comic character for this show. Yeah. Or even to not have comic relief, but just, like, focus more on a good relationship rather than... Yeah, the heartfelt stories of um that are appear to be genuinely emerging in this yeah. show. Give me more Emily. Give me more Tennille. Give me more Brooke. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Nick shows up at this point and Brooke returns with her rose in hand. Kat has got a snarky response to just about everything, but then she's got this argument here that Nick is getting quote, too much of a good thing with Brooke. And that quote, at this point, their dates would be getting really boring. 
I feel like this shows what? this shows a bit of a misunderstanding of how relationships normally work. I think normally right. people can deal with each other's company for more than three like days more than or three chunks days of and time without having any drama injected or placed upon them, right. especially in such a pressure cooker environment. Yeah, uh, this seems like uh, not one of her stronger points. No. Um, Nick starts explaining the togas and the Greek theming which is complete with grapes that I guess that they're presumably meant to feed him. I don't know if we see that, but... Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, he says it's to recapture some of the great times that he had with uh, toga parties and stuff when he was at university, which is like, all right. Uh, uh. I just... This is the most disconnected that I've felt from Nick. Yeah, did you ever go to any of those? I that was the last like thing that I ever wanted to do. That was not a place for me. <laughs> yeah. During, no, during yeah, there was just no years. part of me that was like, you belong here. Yeah. No. Um, but he talks about how he had a great time at them, and then Brittany pipes in with a grape time. <laughs> and the, I don't know what it is. It's her delivery or something. I cracked up so much. That was probably my favorite line this week. <laughs> it was great. It was yeah. really, really good. So Nick checks in with Tennille to see how she's holding up. And he wants to find out you know, what the source of the negativity is and, you know, what got her so upset the previous night and that kind of thing. He's like, I'm sensing some tension. Yes. And it's but, like, fucking perceptive you are. Yeah, exactly. What a genius. How many times do you have to be told? <laughs> but he says, I'm asking you to tell me who is being mean. And I'm curious about this because it's like, I, I guess on the one hand, it's a good like hands-on approach from Nick who yep. I guess at this point has decided to stop ignoring the realities of the situation um, although asking Tennille to dob on the very obvious villains that he like has clearly, I think pretty clearly already been warned about like, Oh yeah. A like we know times. that. Yes. Yeah. We've talked when about Kayla it. left. Right. Yeah. yeah. She was like, Hey, these are the people you should look out for. And he's like, okay, crazy lady, get in the car. Like, yeah. And then like his parents have been told about cat. He's had like Romy hooked up with his nape like the nape of his neck yeah he's had ample opportunities to suss out that these are bad people and he has kept giving them a rose because obviously it is in the best interest of the show or so he is told to keep these women around yeah and i guess in a way it's also in the best interest of the show for like innocent bystanders or you know other people to get dragged into it as well and just let it keep happening which i guess is what's happening here with tenille yeah um the whole conversation the whole cocktail party really is like interspersed with the the three snake musketeers being super hostile and really judgmental and sometimes hypocritical and it's very yucky and they just keep sprinkling it in um Tenille explains to nick there's obviously one that's the main one then the camera quickly cuts to cat in case you weren't sure yeah <laughs> about the pecking order or whatever uh, there's obviously one, the, the main one and then two that follow and then the camera quickly cuts to a shot that has both Alicia and Romy in it. Like the, it's, it, we're on the surface at this point. Yeah, we understand who's who, but really, I think Romy's been the way worse villain this season. That's what I thought too. That's why yeah. I thought this was interesting because it's like they're, they're now casting Kat as the ringleader when like, I mean, she. I feel like Kat has had more in the moment sort of uh, confession room snarky comments and stuff. But Definitely. Romy has been more in your face with the actual... Actively villainous, yeah. yeah. 
It's interesting to know also Kat and Romy have both turned off comments on their Instagram. Oh, that is interesting. I mean, it's or not at least, surprising, but... It's not surprising at all, but they're at the very least moderating. You can see, like, they post the picture and they got a bunch of likes, but it's, like, seven comments from, like, her mum being like, you look beautiful, babe, mm. and clearly 700 that have been deleted by whichever social media person she's hired. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... We don't, I mean, yeah, this is the thing that we always have to kind of come back to is like, we don't necessarily know that these are like evil people and obviously they don't deserve to be, you know, harassed and targeted um, by a lot of people saying horrible shit about them online. That's the last thing we would want anyone to do, uh, certainly Mm. in, in our name and that kind of thing. So you can understand why they have to take those sort of protective measures, but then also like... It, it, you don't get a bad edit out of completely nowhere. Like you have to say these things. You know, we, we've, we've hit this point before, but yeah. Um, anyway, Nick decides it's finally time to actually step in, so he takes Cat away to a batchy couch where he asks why her name keeps coming up, and she says, "Quote: I'm not mean. I say things how they are, and people take that the wrong way. I have a heart of gold." Mm. Nick, I mean. God love him. Mm-hmm. Misses a prime opportunity here. Mm. We've spent the whole fucking six weeks talking about you get a possum for Christmas. There's a bloody um, goose having a goosey gander. You bloody have a dilly dilly, don't you, with your dog? Right, yes. He d- he when says the things. one opportunity comes up... <laughs> For him to talk about there being a literal cat amongst the pigeons. Wow. God. Where where is your writing credit? Like why aren't you punching up the show? You should be in his ear. I, I want the in ear, thank you. Um yeah. if I am in touch with Nick via a friend of a friend of a friend. Oh, apparently so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um so I will pipe into him that for the next season of The Bachelor that he does. <laughs> Which will be I'll be next right year. in that ear. Yes. What if he's on Paradise? Like, cause the <laughs> The thought is that this <laughs> <That's> thing ludicrous. <laughs> but, I mean, the the greater consensus, and I don't know if this is true, obviously, but a lot of rumors. It's it hasn't slowed down. Everyone thinks he breaks up with the like. It's not going to yeah. pan out. What yeah. if they announce it for Paradise at the uh, end can of you this imagine season? Imagine if these people just became like part of the regular Bachelor fanfare. <laughs> like that's the crazy shit, right? Like thinking that Nick could just be on the island with Jared, or that Sophie Munch right. be on the island with fucking Kira. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's going to increasingly be a weird thing that happens as The Bachelor tries to decide whether it's its own show or, like, a celebrity dating thing. Yeah, it's this weird, like, sphere of sitting in jelly purgatory until we finally get a bunch of, or like, a Bachelor or a Bachelorette who is actually compelling. And it's interesting. I think Ali Ochin will be a really good barometer of how successful the franchise is going to be moving forward with that right. kind of framework. And what they... What they- can and will do in the future yeah it's all yeah. gonna kind of hinge on that which will be yeah, that's terrifying i know <laughs> i, I want to say it's interesting but i'm also like uh. i know <laughs> um but we'll see we can't have judgment on that yet um so yeah nick says this is a place of love and i really don't want anything to stuff up my chance of finding that so far things keep happening and your name keeps coming up and i can't deal with that anymore i don't know cat she starts crying um, she tells him, I'm not a bad person. I know I'm here for the right reasons. Drink. Right. Nick is not hearing it, telling her, Cat, I think it's time to leave. 
And moments later, she is in the limo home, saying in voiceover, I know that I have qualities that a guy would like, so whatever. It's his loss. I think there's a lot of fake people in that house, and I think there's a lot of girls who are too scared to say it how it is. So who's the real bitch? So that's <laughs> Kat. That's Kat. So what does that mean? <laughs> I'm a big fan of this catchphrase on you. I think it's very good. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I like it too. Yeah. So Kat's gone. And Osher explains to the group that she's gone. And uh, Alicia is very quick to start blaming Tennille in, in, in the moment. So here we have uh, Osher saying there was a misalignment of values. That is the phrase, right? Hey, what, Nick values, what, not shaming all of these other women and talking in a derogatory way about them in such a way that causes Portanil to get into such a flap mm. that she uh, is trudging off into the muddy fields of Goulburn. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's what Nick... Well, values? I mean, but that's the th- the thing is, he doesn't even really make it particularly clear what the problem is to Kat. True. Like, yeah, he yeah. Says he's that, just like, I think you just have to go. He's like, your name has come up a lot of times. It's clearly you're causing some kind of trouble. But he doesn't name yeah. anything. There's no real sense of, like, being punished for anything specific. Unless that all took place off mic, which I'm sure there was more conversation than this than we saw. Yeah. Um, But in terms of, like the viewers at home seeing consequences of actions. Like, because we've been talking all episode about how good it is that some of these, like, more villainous or mean characters are being kicked off the show. Getting their comeuppance. Yeah, but none of them really specifically face any consequence, apart from obviously in the public eye. Yeah, Um, exactly. And they're filtering out their Instagram comments anyway. Um, Or at least paying someone to do so, I would imagine. Mm. Here's my thought. You're absolutely right. There's absolutely no justice here for Portanil or for um, Kat or Romy or Alicia to, for someone to say, hey, nah, that probably wasn't the best thing that's happened there. Yeah, exactly. And then that and gives them... why. Yeah, and then that gives them the opportunity to be like, see the error of their ways or whatever, or reflect on their experience and stuff, which I'm sure they will do privately, but it just means that the the impact that they leave on the audience, the, the reflection, you know, the the... The, what what we think of when we think of Cat will always yeah. just be that heinous bitch who had something negative to say about everything instead of like someone who played a villain but learned something or you know any of these other perfectly good serviceable and more wholesome narratives precisely that the Kira narrative right right okay the, the, the girl who learned how to be played a villain learned how to be on reality TV came back with a catchphrase a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do mm-hmm. got in a relationship with Jared right. of all people which was just the best publicity stunt for her of all time yeah do you know what I mean like there are ways to and now it feels like she's this. got the whole world at her feet like she can it do does. whatever she wants yeah yeah, I imagine some of these people are probably thinking they will be able to recreate that sort of uh, success and and that sort of you know following those footsteps and that kind of thing. And probably Paradise will help. Um, we may have very different things to say about some of these people in you know, how many months time. When and then back have again. to hastily take them all back when it turns out that they've all filed AVOs against That's each right. other after the yeah. show's ended again. Yeah, yeah. Look, we've learned our lesson. Uh huh. Well, Romy. <laughs> Wait and see. Let's have her on the podcast. Just see if we get along. What do you think about that, Romy? Mm. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> so, Osher explains that two more women will be eliminated tonight. And we hear this very weirdly chopped up voiceover, which proves to be the last words of Brittany, 
um, who says, I feel really excited tonight. Conga line failed. No one was interested. But I think he likes that kind of girl. <laughs> really great one. I love her. Isn't she good? Like, I wouldn't she's have minded. actually objectively good. Yeah. As much as all that shit is weird, she's good. Yes, I agree. She would be a great friend to have, like, when you're thinking it's kind of too late and maybe you have to leave the party or something. She would be and a great she's person. Like, nope. She's like, ah, conga line. And it, dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah, poor thing, Brittany. Um, mm. But Nick, Not too soon. Yes, that's right. So Nick begins calling out the names in this order. Sophie, Shannon, Castiana, Dasha, Britt, Tennille, Psyduck, Jamie Lee, and Romy. But then when Nick offers Romy her rose, she says, I'm not sure. And then they go outside for a quick chat, which seems pretty tightly edited. Yeah. Um, I think they're running out of time here. I guess so. I guess that's it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we hear her whisper, I, I can't do this process thing. I just can't do it anymore. Every week it's just like, and it makes me feel sick. Like every time. I don't think I can do it anymore. So I'm thinking My like- My friend's gone. Well, I, she doesn't say my friend's gone. You know, she doesn't say really anything, which makes me wonder, like, what's happening between these little half sentences. Yeah. There's definite gaps in there where it seems like what's really going on has been removed. I've no It's Bachelor like Jazz, a, right? Yeah, it's exactly. It's about the notes that they don't, that they edit out and don't air yeah, on the exactly. program. It's about the notes that Tara didn't write. Ah, true. <laughs> Very good. Thank um, you. Yeah, she keeps going. I just don't think it's... I can't... It's not me. Yeah. I've never had... Yeah. And just like that, she's in the limo. And it's... So, yeah. So, it's another case where it's like there's no... Obviously, there's not much explanation of what's actually going on. But also... No. There are no consequences for her, like, shit-staring and bullying and, like, all this stuff that really he is... He tried to give her a rose. And she had the uh, ultimate pleasure of being able to turn him down. Right. She's the woman who turned down The Bachelor. Right. She gets the high road. Yeah, um, I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, there's no there's no learning. There's no reflection. Um, she will be swept under the covers. I'm sure we're not going to talk about her again. Um, Until paradise, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then also, it's kind of surprising to me. Osha informs Alicia and Brittany, the two remaining women, that even mm. though uh, Romy didn't take the rose, they're both also going home. I guess he can't at that point. Nick, can't, he can't be like. Well, I was going to say well, one. Well, <laughs> like, he's yeah. my second choice, Rose. Yeah, yeah. Although, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, so that's how we get down to such dangerously low numbers. Mm. Um, Alicia says, good luck. Have a good one to Nick. Uh, and Brittany says, see ya. Nice knowing ya. Um, and that's it. That's we, There's no interview or exit you know, footage or whatever. That's, uh, that's it. That's kind of it. So we are at the point of um, having eradicated the cancer, quote unquote. Yeah. The the bad elements of well I don't know it's a, there's no nice way to talk about it because they are people but like yeah. it's going to be a quite different feeling show from here on in and hopefully yeah. we'll be feeling a bit more positive about it because um, this was well, an yeah, entertaining that's my question. Does week. Does the show get it, good from here? Well, I mean, parts of it are more boring by a long shot, yeah. but parts of it are really nice. And <laughs> you know, we're a couple of sweet boys. We like it when they do a nice kiss and. All this is what we're here for. And, all yeah. the good stuff that's about to start. Right. And I'm happy for that stuff to be starting back up again. Um, the other good thing I just realized is uh, I think Kelly's back. She's, she's going to be back 
pretty soon. She might be back for oh, our Kelsey's next... Oh, back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Um, so that'll be a nice, sweet, heartwarming uh, reunion sort of A thing reunion well. episode. Yeah. How lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so we get this little next time on The Bachelor thing, and there's a, mm-hmm. there's a, a very curious group date, which involves cross-examination by an FBI-trained, quote, human lie detector... Love this. Who is a very serious looking man. This is my kind of date. Like This, this is, is where you bring in the commander. As much as they've done the B date for me, <laughs> they've certainly done this kind of weird shit date for you. Yes, that's right. Um, and then we are teased on an urgent revolution. Uh, sorry, urgent revelation. Sorry, I was thinking about Bar and Bay. Um, an urgent <laughs> revelation that Brooke needs to share with Nick. And I don't know what it could be. What do you think? I don't know. Uh... I don't know. I hope something hasn't happened on the outside world and she has to leave the show. Oh, God. Yeah, imagine. I um, wonder if that's what it is or something like that. That could be. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we will. The only other thing I can think, like the only other dangling piece of knowledge that I have about Brooke that hasn't been addressed on the show is yeah. that she's bi, um, according to oh. something I read like several weeks ago. And that could be, like, I don't like the idea of this, but the level of sort of uh, panic in that little dramatic tease or whatever did really remind me of the fervor around the last bisexual person, like... Out, Megan Marx, you know, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, who was summarily used um, by the show to hook queer or queer-friendly viewers into watching the show. Um, so I'm not going to get anyone's hopes up about this, and I really hope that's not what we were just teased on, because that would be very disrespectful and yucky. Certainly. But I also approach whatever it is with some caution, too, because uh, <laughs> who knows? But anyway, by the time this comes out, so. it'll be very soon. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. We certainly will. All yeah. right. I think that... Uh, does that do us for the, this episode? I feel pretty up uh, wrapping me. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, feel pretty uh, episode finishy. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty. Uh, came here to make frenzy. Oh, I actually did. That's funny. You should mention that. Yeah, mm, um, I was wondering if we were going to get to it. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so we did do that and come here to make friends. Uh huh. And you can find us online if you look for Boh Pod or Bachelor of Hearts on all your favorite social medias. Any um, of you good. Good medias. Yeah, I just I, I just joined LinkedIn. So oh, did you? It's not for the podcast, but you know, <laughs> can mm, track we'll me down. See. You get out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, find us on Skype um, if you're an energy healer. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, please share the friends around with your podcast, and uh, you know, have a nice time being alive for the next week. And happy twenty uh, sixth birthday uh, to you all. Wish you all a much the very better to have a good one. You may now kiss the rose. Baby! Bye! <laughs>